and then after that is is when like we actually went to the craziest part of the trip, which was an island uh, called Copanyan. Um, and that island is known for this thing called full moon, full moon party, which is once a year, or I'm sorry, once a month. And I was there for full moon party slash New Year's Eve party. So that was even an even crazier night. And it's definitely one of those, it's definitely one of those situations where I, I, I'm definitely not bragging about this, but I look back on it and I think, how did I survive? That was nuts. First Person is a podcast about life-changing travel experiences, where Ray and I conduct interviews about trips that change people's lives. I'm Maula. We started this podcast because we've personally had trips that changed our lives, and want to share these stories with you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to First Person. I'm Ray. And I'm Nino. And on today's show, we're going to be talking to Jason Coolidge, uh, who is an adventurer at heart and sometimes travels. Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Happy to be on. Happy to have you. So, can you give us some insights into uh, your trip, especially the moments that changed your point of view? Absolutely, yeah. I um, I feel I've been very fortunate to be able to go on a lot of fun trips over the years, um, especially once I graduated from college. And um, I'd say still to this day, with the one that really, the trip that really stands out to me and had, you know, just very... Um, eye-opening moments or overall was just a lot of fun was when I was in the JET program after um, after college. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but JET is the uh, Japanese Exchange Teaching Program. And it's this, um, it's this uh, year-long program where where you get sent to, you can get sent to a variety of places in Japan or, or assigned to a variety of places in Japan and then uh, teach English either at a elementary school, middle school, or high school. Um, I only stayed there for a year, but a lot of people renew their contracts. And I think right now you actually can renew your contract up to five years. So it was a really great experience to go from college to actually to rural Japan, um, literally out in the rice fields uh, in the mountains. And um, and so when I was over there, being wow, in Japan. So question about that. Did you yeah. know how to speak Japanese already or did you have no. to learn it on the job? I, I had a I had a little experience to uh, to uh, learn Japanese at school, but uh, nothing extensive. I had you know at best conversational Japanese, um, and so the program actually you are not required to know Japanese. You are an assistant language teacher, so you are basically there to help with um, both pronunciation, but also exposure to foreigners essentially uh, for there's a especially you know many places uh, in Japan where um, they rarely see people from outside of Japan so that was a big part of the program actually okay all right and um, so when I was there the the one of the advantages of being in Japan was that you could go to Asia well, across Asia a lot easier and so during my um, holiday break I ended up going to Thailand for two weeks with a um, one up being a travel group of a bunch of people from the JET program, only two of which I had met before. So there was about, I think, 17 of us traveling around Thailand for uh, two weeks, and it was this really amazing experience. The journey itself over there was kind of interesting because where I lived in Japan, it's it's so it's so rural that it is a trek getting there and a trek getting out. So to get to Tokyo, which was um, the easiest airport for me to fly out of um, based on the amount of flights, um, I had to take a two and a half hour 
um, uh, ride up to or car ride up to the airport in the prefecture I lived, which is called Shimane. Um, flew over there, flew over to Tokyo, which was I think two hours as well, and then it was this um, this six hour flight to Bangkok, and at the time. Um, I think the airport has gotten a lot nicer in Bangkok, but at the time it was like it was fairly old and aging, and so it took forever to um, to even get through. And I thought I thought I was going to miss my connecting flight. And what what year was this? This was back in two thousand. It was December of two thousand five. Okay. When you say fairly old and Asian or aging, you mean just you know scanners, or are they going through your bags by hand? I, from what I remember, it was just, yeah, it was a very long process to get through security. Um, and then I feel like it even took a while to get out of, out of Tokyo, but apparently the, the airport is, is very modern now. It's probably one of the nicest airports, uh, in the world, ironically. So I guess I, uh, and it was, I think the next year that they changed it. So, um, didn't make it for that, but it was, uh, I'm excited to go back and see what it's like now. So, um, I ended up in, I ended up in Bangkok and that was, also a crazy experience because where I lived in where I lived in Japan, the speed limit I think generally doesn't exceed forty miles an hour, and so you're kind of used to just slowly driving everywhere or, or kind of going about. And I step into a cab in Bangkok, and before I even close the close the door, the guy just like floors it and <laughs> just like is screaming down the streets. I like like no joke in excess of like 90, 90 miles an hour. Like I, I had no idea if I was going to live or not. And I wasn't sure if I got into a crazy, I had a crazy taxi driver or if this was just, you know, what you could expect from, uh, you know, driving around at Bangkok at two in the morning. So I remember like literally saying my prayers and like, okay, yeah, this is, this is going to be the end. It's going to be at 2am in Bangkok, you know, exhausted and not knowing where I'm going, but we actually ended up at the hotel and fortunately, and I was like, so I was so dazed. I just didn't really know what was going on, but, uh, kind of stumbled out of the cab, um, found that most of the people in our travel group had, um, had already arrived. And so we, um, kind of joined up with them, um, you know, got situated in the hotel, got, you know, started getting ready for the trip the next day, because I think we, from what I remember, we were going to hang out in Bangkok during the day. And then at night, prep for a 22-hour train ride to the southern peninsula in an area um, called Riley. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I knew only two other people on the trip out of like 17 people. One was a friend of mine from college, and then another who who, who I who I knew, knew pretty well. And then there's um, another girl that ended up being my roommate for that two weeks, and she was also from college. But I didn't um, I didn't really know her aside from a spending a day or two. Um, in orientation with her uh, for when we first arrived in Japan for Jet, and I, I, I distinctly remember her and hanging out. We all did karaoke, and it was fun. But I found out later, um, actually, I found out a year ago because we're still good friends. I found out a year ago that she actually had no memory of me from um, the, the orientation. I was just some new guy that our mutual <laughs> friend Julia told her about. So that kind of ruins my like you know um, the sweet um, intro story that I had thought it you know in that I remembered for the last 10 years. But, I mean, it's still sweet. You're memorable, Jason. No. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I guess it, it's still, uh, on my end, I, I, on my part, I guess that the moment of meeting her was still nice. But um, yeah, I, I've been very fortunate to actually 
be um, good friends with her to this day. In fact, it's one of those scenarios where you meet you meet a friend through your mutual friend, and then you end up becoming better friends with that new friend. And so that was definitely the case with her. Um, so Bangkok, I don't know if you've ever been to Bangkok before, but um, and I think it's I think it's changed a bit now because um, there's even more cars on the road. But it was just this beautiful chaos to me, like. It was everything was such a sh uh, like a wonderful shock. Um, they have these things called tuk tuks, which are these three wheeled motorized vehicles. It's kind of like a a motorcycle and those bicycle carts that that people um, use in San Francisco and New York to uh, cart people around. And yeah. and like people just kind of like speed through traffic on those and weave in and out. So especially when there's gridlock with the cars. Uh, so that was really fun to ride around in and. Never really had exposure to something like that before. Uh, we got to do a tour of, of were Bangkok. You, were you driving as well, or were you just the passenger? Oh, I, I was just, just the passenger. Um, maybe, I now that I think about it, it would have been fun to, to drive those, but they didn't give us the opportunity. As far as like the overall itinerary of the trip, um, um, like I was only, in, we were only in Thailand, and it started, um, the trip started in Bangkok. Um, it then went to um, the southern peninsula, a place called Riley. Uh, it's actually near the island of Koh Phi Phi, which if you've heard of the movie The Beach with Leonardo DiCaprio, that's where they filmed it. Yes. And then yeah. um, we um, went up from there to a rainforest called, and I, I apologize, I, I'm still, I'm probably pronouncing everything incorrectly aside from Bangkok, but um, um, it's called Khao Sok. And then from there we went to this uh, island in the south uh, called Koh Phi Yen. And then after Copenhagen, uh, went back up to Bangkok. Um, yeah, I got to do a fun tour of, of Bangkok. Got to you know explore the city. Um, the area I lived in Japan um, was really beautiful, but there's not a lot of not a lot happening and not not a lot of variety. And so it was fun to to be back in a big city again and um, have access to beef and steak and um, <laughs> and uh, have most of all have things to do again, which was, which was fantastic. I, um, I love, I love, um, the country of Japan. I, I was, I'm very appreciative of being able to, um, have lived there and be paid to live there. But the area I lived was, I went basically from being in college and around my friends all the time, around people all the time to an area of Japan that was so rural that, um, it's actually the least least popular prefecture in Japan or arguably the least popular prefecture in Japan and um, and the most arguably the most rural it's actually so unpopular that you know all prefectures Japan's big on icons and mascots and all um, all prefectures have um, a mascot to represent them and Shimane's mascot is a disgruntled kid with a cape called Yoshida-kun and it's, it's almost a joke on uh, based on how unpopular the prefecture is what what is a prefecture? Is that like a, a city or a county or? It's like a province slash state. Okay, okay. So essentially, if I wanted to go to a really rural area and see mostly animals and people that are calm, that's where I want to go. There are parts that are like that. It's actually it's 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 um it's um still very it's still modern. It's just that it's very um it's it's uh, sparsely populated. And, um, there's just not a lot out there. There's, there's, um, in between, um, the prefecture Totori and then above the prefecture Yamaguchi 
and the Shinkansen, the bullet train, goes to Totori, loops around Shimane, and goes to Yamaguchi. So we don't they we didn't have access to the uh, to the Shinkansen there, and um, which made it extra hard to get through the prefecture because they also don't have a highway that goes through goes through it completely. It only goes halfway, and so if you took the regular train from the bottom of the prefecture to the top, it, I think it would take six hours and it probably would take half of that if you had a faster train or were able to drive um, on a freeway. If you drove, at least at the time I was there, the, pre the highway didn't go through, I think, even a quarter of it. So you would, um, it took almost as long to drive through it as the slow train because there are so many stoplights. So it was, um, it was, it was such a dramatic change to go from that to, you know, crazy Bangkok. And, um, and so it was, it was definitely a fun, um, fun change for me. But, um, after, um, after Bangkok, we, we basically, you know, we got to tour around the city, got to see that the giant gold statue of Buddha, which was really cool. And, um, we then went down to, we then prepped for our train ride to, uh, Riley, which, um, uh, is in the Southern Peninsula. And that was a, um, that was a 22 hour train ride, which was nuts. Like I, I'd never been on a train that long. I don't think I'd been on a train for longer than maybe five hours. And so to think that you could be on a train for that long and, and not go crazy was, was really, um, was a concept I hadn't thought of before, but it was actually, I think when you travel at that age, especially, you know, in college or post-college, it's, it's the right age to do, to be in that sort of um, environment and that sort of trip where you can travel for t on a train for 22 hours and be in third class and um, not, you know, be miserable because you're around other people that you like. And it was also at this at this stage in my life where I was actually, you know, I, was, I graduated from college and I, and I wasn't making a ton of money, but I was actually making money for the first time in my life. I had a salary. And so I wasn't able to like, you know, throw the cash around or anything, but I was able to, you know, but, you know, pay for a, uh, pay for a trip to, uh, you know, travel around Thailand and not have the best amenities, but be able to, you know, be able to have fun and, and experience that with uh, other people in my program. And so it was, how did it was, you, I'm sorry. How did you, uh, pass the time, um, on a 22 hour train ride? So that was what was interesting is um, I, I think I'm very fortunate now that if I were to if I were to do that sort of trip to that Riley again, I would either fly, which I think flights like an hour and a half, or I would <laughs> I would go on um, I would pay for first class on the uh, on the train. And the it wasn't a, a, we you know, the car that we were in wasn't horrible. Like, you know, we, we fortunately had beds. Um, we had room to move about. But it was basically a lot of, it was fortunately I, part of it was sleeping, but then it was also a, um, it was also just kind of hanging out. And I'm at one part, I remember playing cards and we were, we, because we had all just, um, arrived in, in Bangkok, um, the day before it was, it was also an opportunity to really get to know people. And fortunately we didn't find out that any of us hated each other because that would have been uncomfortable on a, <laughs> on a 22 hour ride down to, um, down to Riley, but it, it was, it was actually, it was actually a fun time to like to chat with everyone and find out what people were doing. And one of the great things about the jet program is that it's people come from all over the world to take part in it. And so there are, you know, people in my group that were from across the U S there are people in my group that were from Australia and, and England. And, um, and so it was 
and, and most actually were, were also just out of college. So it was really, it was, it was, it was a really unique experience to be able to, to be on a trip like that with everyone that was kind of in the same place as I was in my life. Yeah. Nice. But I remember that the, and I think this is kind of common with, with, um, with trains, especially that in, um, in third world countries. But I remember at one point going to the bathroom and I lift up the toilet seat and I just am looking down at the tracks and I thought like, Oh man, do not do not blink with your phone right now. Wow. That's, that's interesting. So what made the, what made the time go by? Was it just a conversations, making new friends? What did you guys do? It was, it was basically just that, like, I honestly, I'm, I'm thinking back on it and, and I actually was looking at pictures of us on the, on the train and I think it was literally just talking aside from like the, the game, the games of cards that we were playing. I remember the girl, there was, it was a girl named Lydia that I, that I become friends with, um, that, that evening and was playing cards and she was teaching me a new game and I, for the life of me, I can't remember what it is, but I remember bonding with her over that, um, the, the leader of our group got to know him um, and and then really yeah, got an understanding for of where everyone was from um, um, I, I'd say like 90 95 percent of the group was was in the jet program so talking about what their what their prefecture was like what their school environment was like if we had mutual friends um, and yeah so I, I think I honestly think that was what we did the entire time and then I, I think I this was also, this was also, you know, 10 years ago. So we had, you know, iPods, but we didn't have our smartphones and um, didn't have apps to, you know, to play. And so I remember also listening to a lot of music and in a way, like I, I feel it makes me sound like an old man, but you know, it, it's one of those things that makes me think like, ah, oh, kids today, you know, they don't, they don't know this and that. And um, one of the things that I feel like, um, people miss out on, especially with having, um, streaming music and always building playlists is that they don't, they don't know, like, um, they don't know the joy of being able to associate an out, a certain album or, or even a, a specific playlist that you play over and over with a specific time in your life. And so for me, I remember, um, that trip, a friend of mine, uh, my, my iPod actually had that was when they had really crappy battery issues or batteries in them and had all these battery issues. So I remember my iPod had died and, um, like a month before, and I had to, um, use a backup CD, uh, disc man that I had and, and like Whoa. select a couple CDs. Yeah. That, that, um, that I wanted to listen to for, you know, two weeks. And so the group Franz Ferdinand had recently come out with a new album and I remember grabbing that. And then a, a friend of mine from college, we we had this uh, thing where she was from England, and she had gone back to England. But we would we would mail each other um, mix CDs to um, like expose each other to new music, because uh, you know at the time I couldn't send her a playlist through Spotify. So she had sent me a this really cool playlist of all these um, all these um, artists from uh, the UK and um, and as well as um, a kind of a random mix of mix of music on the other CDs. So I remember listening to a lot of, um, Maximo Park and the Coral and Coldplay, um, a group called the Magic Numbers. And like to this day when I, uh, because they're groups I, you know, don't listen to that often. If I, if I hear one of their songs, it really just kind of puts me back into, um, you know, the mindset of when I was traveling in Thailand. So, um, so yeah, so I, I, I definitely appreciate being able to have, have those memories and have those, uh, feelings attached to, 
to those memories. Um, but when I don't I don't know what time of day it was that we arrived, but when I got to um, when we got to Riley, um, it's it's an area it's on it's on the peninsula, and you actually have to once you arrive there, you actually have to take a boat to that side of the peninsula to um, uh, to where the you know all the uh, the hotels and everything or not hotels but where where you're staying. So we had to do that, and I remember like looking around and thinking I had never seen any beach that was more beautiful than this. Like it was it was amazing. Um, it's it's an area of Thailand that's between a place called Krabi and Ao Nang, and um, as I mentioned, it was only accessible by boat, and so that was also an, a new new thing for me. Was going to areas where you had to had to load up all your stuff on a little boat and and uh, speed over to it. So uh, that was really cool, and that was where. This was in late December, so I remember spending Christmas there, and also just kind of having these, you know, really fun um, torchlit meals, and um, also spending more time getting to know the people in my group. And um, and then, what kind of what kind of place did you stay while you were there? It was kind of like these nice huts, basically. Um, they had, you know, electricity for a light bulb. And that was about it. And mm. otherwise, there was there's nothing, you know, no. I mean, it wasn't um, completely bare bones or anything, or um, but it was it was very minimal as far as like what was in them. You had your these like nice little. I mean, it looked really nice inside, but you had um, mattresses on the floor, and they had mosquito nets that covered them. And then, oh, that was actually my first outside of Bangkok was my first exposure to. The rest, I don't know if it was the rest of Thailand at the time or just the areas I went to, or maybe it's the, maybe certain rooms have certain amenities that other rooms don't, but all of the showers only had cold water. And it was, it was okay because it was super hot in Thailand at the time, but, but I remember just like, just like not like fumbling with the, um, fumbling with it and being like, why isn't the hot water? <laughs> and so, so that was, um, so yeah, so that was, that was my first realization of it when, um, when we went to, uh, Riley, but Riley was what Riley just very, it was very just chill. Uh, you know, we hung out on a beach. I remember, um, someone playing, um, some classical guitar, um, while we sat near a campfire and we were talking about, you know, a lot of random things from. You know, the trip to living in Japan to the recent episode of South Park, and so I just, um, it's funny because it wasn't like a nothing super adventurous happened while we were over there, but it was it's still like some of my fondest memories because it was just such a pleasant place to be. It's like kind of you know that heaven on earth scenario where you're you're next you're on a beautiful beach, you're around people that you like. You are relaxing and thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm on paid vacation to be here. Or like I'm being paid to like sit on the beach in Thailand. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that I, I, you know, I wish I could go back to um, um, a lot more. And there actually were, there actually, aside from like the chill evenings, there actually were fun things to do over there. So beautiful beaches, beautiful water. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen water so clear as um, I have. Uh, in Riley, but as I mentioned, Kopi P is nearby. Um, that's a, we didn't get to really explore that island, but it's um, 
it's a it's a really nice island um, not too far from Riley and the year before actually is when they had the massive tsunami in Thailand and Koh Phi Phi was one of the areas that just got demolished like there you know it was it was horrible like the um, everything was basically destroyed and it was but it was also it was also um, wonderful to see that they had completely rebuilt in a year so you like you were walking you know being in that area you would never have guessed that the uh, that the tsunami had hit because it was everything had been completely rebuilt so that was also interesting was to hear the, the stories about that and you know who was there and, and you know how they survived and and um, and something I hadn't really given a lot of thought of thought to until we had um, arrived over uh, in Riley so we um, that was the first, also the first time um, they have one of the big things in Riley is also rock climbing. So that was the first time I tried rock climbing. Found out that I have a fear of heights. That didn't go well, um, but it was um, it was nice to try. And it, it's funny because the I think I got up like twenty feet, which is isn't very impressive. But someone um, someone took a picture of me, and you can't tell like how close the ground is uh, from me, like that. You know, I barely I had gone up. I think at about ten feet at the time. So it's just me kind of hanging there, and it looks really impressive. And I remember adding that to my profile and be like, whoa, man, good job rock climbing. Like, yeah, it was tough. <laughs> well done. It, it sounds like during this trip, the the moments that, that stand out to you the most is when you're able to communicate or uh, being, or talk to or relate to the, the people that were around you. Were these people that you, you met on the trip, or did they come – uh, to Thailand or to Japan with you from the U.S. I so two two I had I had um, had basically been in my um, uh, trip over to Japan and been in my orientation group, but everyone else was was new and um, and, and and you're absolutely right. I think that that like the the relationships I formed, just that interaction with the people in my group, is something that really that was that was the most important to me. In addition, to, like to Thailand being um, an amazing place to visit uh, I did really value the you know the friendships that I formed I think it really had an effect on me because where I lived in Japan um, I had I was in an area where it was it's kind of similar to I you know even in the US where you know certain rural areas uh, kids move out once they, you know they go to college or once they get to a certain age and they don't come back they you know stay in the bigger cities and and so it had a um, this is an area, Japan in general has an aging population, but especially prefectures like this. Um, I'd say, gosh, it felt like at least 30 to 40% of the population was 65 and older. Um, and I was one of the few people that was around 22, 23 at the time. And mm -hmm. the other, the other people I met that were around my age already had like two kids. And so I, and then the other funny thing was that I the town like wasn't super small. It was it was about I'd say the city the city proper was about um, you know ten thousand. And then based on the surrounding area that was incorporated into that city, you know that added another another ten thousand. I'd say so. It wasn't a tiny town, but it definitely was very rural and more rural than I'd ever been accustomed to. I I grew I prior to that I never been never lived in an area that was less than a million people. Um, mm. and so, um, so being in this area was like major culture shock to me. And 
the there were two other people in the jet program uh, that were that were in my in my town, um, and one had been there for two years prior, and one had actually joined the same time I did, and I never saw either of them like ever. One actually was my neighbor, and she was ten years older, so we like didn't really you know have a you know weren't didn't have um, a lot of things in common or a strong connection, and she literally stayed in her apart in her apartment aside from going to school. Uh, and teaching, she would come back and she'd stay in her apartment and literally work on a love novel. And so mm. that, so we never, like, never interacted. Um, and so that was actually like, that was really rough to go from college to be around my friends all the time to basically feeling alone in the Japanese countryside. And so, yeah, so, so Thailand was, it was, um, it was really the change I needed, at least for that, for the, those two weeks. Yeah. So as it relates to that love novel, do you have any updates on it? Is it out? Is it published? You know, I, 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 I've never looked it up. I, I really do need to check to see if, um, to see if, uh, she got it published or, or what happened with it. I mean, I really, I honestly, like, even though her and I didn't really weren't friends and didn't get along, I would love to find out that like, you know, she wrote 50 shades of gray or something. It was <laughs> yeah. like some, something on that level, like, wow, that, okay. It, you know, all that time, you know, um, you know, in her hiding in her apartment was worth it. Uh, that would be interesting. But yeah, so it was. It was. Um, I. I. I think after this, I will. I will double check to see what. Um, what. What happened with her? But. The. I. I guess on the plus side, the fact that I wasn't. You know, wasn't really interacting with anyone in my town, it made me that much more eager to to make friends on this trip. And so, um, the I'd say like the the friendships all you know, fortunately started on the train right down to Riley and then um, the trip continued by going to this um, this um, national park called Khao Sok and that was an area, uh, a protected area that had, um, you know, really beautiful, um, um, just just this really beautiful landscape um, that um, they had. Uh, it's a, it was an area that's uh, actually known for having um, an elephant sanctuary where they give elephant where they have elephant rides. Uh, so I tried that for the first time, which was really cool. And um, it was also I also had this weird realization um, since this was back in 2005. The black eyed peas were really popular, and they were so popular that everywhere in Thailand, like, was constantly playing them on the radio. I, I like even in the national like uh, uh, you know a elephant sanctuary i remember the radio being on and hearing the black eyed peas and thinking like wow man this is i can't believe how popular they are in this country so now when you hear the black eyed peas you think of that country i actually do uh, and and it was it, it's something i definitely wouldn't have expected I, I guess i didn't quite know what what i'd be hearing um in thailand and maybe i thought that uh -huh. i'd hear you know black eyed peas played in bangkok or something but not in a um not in an elephant sanctuary in in that part of uh, in that part of Thailand. How how did you decide to go to the uh, elephant sanctuary? The group that I went with, um, it was called Free and Easy Thailand, and it was basically like a traveling group that because um, there are traveling groups that that basically cater to the large expat community in Asia, and I think that this one in particular uh, catered to the um, number of jets in Japan. And so they had already had like, you know, the whole itinerary set. And that was one of the, um, one of the places that they had, um, had selected to go to, I guess the whole trip was kind of, kind of low key, but that was like the most, um, re relaxing part of it because, you know, we kind of just hung out in, um, 
in a national park riding elephants, uh, floating down. Um, oh, and then they had inner tubing, you know, floating down the, the water. And then after that is is when like we actually went to the craziest part of the trip, which was an island uh, called Copanyan. Um, and that island is known for this thing called full moon, full moon party, which is once a year, or I'm sorry, once a month. And I was there for full moon party slash New Year's Eve party. So that was even an even crazier night. And it's definitely one of those, it's definitely one of those situations where I, I, I'm definitely not bragging about this, but I look back on it and I think, how did I survive? That was nuts. Because <laughs> yeah. um, like, it's, it's basically, it caters, you know, to, uh, to expats or tra- visit, I'm sorry, not expats, um, tourists there that just really want to party. Um, Copenhagen was actually it, in it, the island itself was kind of it was kind of nice. Like I, nothing particularly stood out to me, especially not especially compared to Riley. But it was another area where you know we had to take a, a long ferry. We had to take a long ferry ride over, and it was another area where you had to get to take a boat to the specific part that we were staying. And you know we had a nice time um, hanging out there, but it was the night New Year's Eve, which is when it just got crazy. Like the whole that whole part of the island just turns into a giant rave. Um, and it was interesting because they like like the the drink of choice isn't like you know a cup of rum and coke. It's literally a mini bucket of um, <laughs> where they dump like a they dump rum they dump coke and then they dump like three red bulls in it and and then they throw some straws in and you carry around this little bucket sipping from the straw and and i remember like i don't even want to speculate like how many how much how many buckets i had but um the you know as especially as a 22 year old you know uh, and your your first opportunity to really like party in a new country um yeah, this desire to like go crazy, and I didn't get too crazy that night, but it was, but it was like crazy, you know, chaos um, along the beach. Like one of the things that re- I remember standing out to me uh, was that there was there weren't many bathrooms, and we were we were on the beach, and so a lot of people, a lot of a lot of dudes in particular, just would walk into the water and pee. And um, I remember at first, like being very like shy about it, and looking, you know, looking behind me and seeing who was around. But then, like the more buckets you have, you're just kind of like, yeah, I don't care anymore. <laughs> uh, could you? All right, so just could you set the scene up for us a little bit? So it's, of course, at night. There's a beach party. How many people are there? Like, what type of music is being played? Like, is it? Yeah. You... So, so go ahead. Yeah, it's like so. There was um, so as I mentioned, we take we had to take a boat from where we're staying over to um, this part of the island, and it's mm-hmm. it's very chill at first, like very chill and organized. We're all like you know walk, walking, uh, um, casually walking to the beach part from the boats, and you know chatting about like oh yeah you know maybe I'll stay out for an hour or two or or a little bit past twelve oh one and um, you know head back and then like you know shortly into his you know everyone is 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 very drunk and um they they were cut like i i want to say like a couple thousand people on the beach um it's a lot of i'm trying to remember i i want to say it was a mix of like uh electronic dance but it was also um that was around the time that reggaeton was popular so you mm-hmm. had a lot of like sean paul and kevin kevin little playing um um and then like artists like Lumi D and um, um, who was that group that did Move Your Body? Um, uh, the Twin Sisters. I can't remember. Uh, I know. Uh, Nina Sky. Con- there we go. Nina Sky. 
Yeah, and then and then Khalees was really popular at the time too. So I remember them. I remember that playing. And so like and listening to, listening to if I hear Khalees now, that also Khalees in the sky, Lumidi still reminds me of that trip because um because of them playing it that night. Are you talking so, about milkshakes? So they uh, milkshake, but but also that whole album. Um, I think it was called Tasty is really good, and um, and so that um, so the song that I remember them playing was the song Trick Me. And then as a result, I started listening to the whole album, which is, which is really good. Uh, so, so Trick Me in particular makes me, makes me think about the, about the Thailand trip. But yeah, it was like a couple thousand people on the beach. It was, um, you know, um, fun dance music being played. Um, you know, people at first casually drinking and then, and then, uh, stumbling around because they're, you know, they were drunk and, uh, just this, yeah, really big fun dance party on the beach that it worked out that, you know, we were all, we were still all together. There was actually one dude in our group that he kind of, he was super nice and very social, but he kind of liked doing things on his own. And so I remember he, us all walking to the beach and him turning around saying, well, guys, see you tomorrow morning. And he runs off and, and like at times we would see him, um, you know, kind of dancing with random people. Or at one point he ended up on one of the roofs and people got mad and started throwing coconuts at him but or not coconuts or it was some some sort of fruit but um but like yeah he he was definitely uh having a great time partying on his own uh yeah sounds sounds like a wild time and and perfect for a 22 year old you know trying to let loose exactly it's one of those things where like i couldn't do it now i i think one if i had that much alcohol i'd be dead um and (laughs) And two, um, it just like, you know, it, I think it, it was perfect for that time in my life. Like I, I, um, you know, I'm at the point where I don't, I wouldn't, I didn't go to outside lands recently cause I don't like big crowds. Uh, and so, so I don't know how I would respond to that sort of like party slash rave on, on a beach, but it was certainly fun for that to, you know, at that age. Yeah. Yeah. How, how were you the day after? So that's the weirdest part about it is I actually don't remember being very hungover. And that's really weird because I've had, you know, I'm there, there've been times, you know, in my twenties having a couple drinks and feeling just, you know, horribly sick the next day. And that, I, I don't know if it like my adrenaline maxed it out or like, uh, or just the enjoyment I had that, you know, max out the alcohol. I, I don't think that's, um, very scientific and probably not true, but, uh, <laughs> something happened where I was able to feel actually decent the next day. And mm. so, but that being said, all of us were pretty, you know, no one wanted to party. All of us were kind of just, you know, laying on the beach, recovering, kind of piecing together what had happened the prior night. Um, and and so it wasn't as bad as I, expect, I expected, but it definitely wasn't, uh, hey, let's do it again. <laughs> right. Like you've had enough. We, d- we did. In fact, um, the part of the island that we were staying had this big... Um, like luau type meal where, where, um, I guess the point of it was to provide all this free, provide this, uh, all this free food and for us to come and eat and then buy a lot of alcohol. And for some reason they, they planned it for after full moon party. So no one wanted to drink and we were all like, we ate and we all were just laying there, um, trying to, um, I was okay, but there were, most people were laying there trying not to throw up. Wow was that towards the end of your your trip there or did you did you guys do more activities it was it was in the final five days so we 
the next day we were kind of re we were recovering, and then the day after, I want to say, is when we took um, made the long trip back to to Bangkok. So we took like um, I think it was the ferry ride was a couple of hours to get back to you know uh, the, um, get back to to leave the island, um, and then I want to say we had a long bus ride over to the train station, and then the again the very long train ride back up, and. I, I again I remember it not feeling that bad because I, I was having such a good time with everyone like it, you when you're in a, um, a close-knit group like that and when you're especially around each other all the time it can it can you know be it can create some new friends or it can create bitter enemies and everyone can hate each other and I and we fortunately all really got along maybe because we were having so much fun or we were enjoying the uh, trip so much uh, but I, I remember that train ride, you know, not being too bad. Um, the on the ride over, I was on the top bunk, and I thought that they were going to shut shut off the lights when we were trying to sleep, but the, they they didn't, and there was nothing covering my bunk, and so I remember just having this really bright light shining on my head the whole time, oh, and no. not really being able to re not being able to relax. And so this time, um, I was able to get a bottom bunk and uh, be able to um, be able to relax and, and go to sleep for for. A, for a while and, and I think also we were still kind of recovering from from the party so we um, so we wanted to um, so it was, it was easy to to fall asleep and the oh actually and something that was kind of funny was um, since we had to take a boat from where we were staying to the main part of uh, Copanyan to go to the ferry and then go to the bus and then go to the um, go to the train when we were taking that the boat over we actually got hit by a wave and so we not only did we get drenched but everything in our luggage got drenched and so we I remember um, and we didn't have time to like go from um, go from there to uh, a place where we could shower so one all my clothes were soaked I had to go into a, go into a shop and um, buy new clothes just for the uh, just for the trip to um, to Bangkok oh, and man. there also wasn't yeah, and it was it was crazy because there were also you know we were in third class and on the on the train, so there obviously wasn't a shower, and so I remember just like being covered in um, in salt water for like a day, and it's not the worst thing that happened, but I remember just feeling you know not very comfortable um, the the entire ride over, but the um, and so until until we got to our hotel, um, actually even after that, I basically. I had very little wear because I was also running out of money at that point. So, well, um, in the first part of the trip, you know, Bangkok or Thailand is, is pretty popular for having cus, uh, custom-made suits. And so, in the first part of the trip, we had measurement. We got measurements for um, those of us that wanted to get a, a, a suit in Bangkok. And so, when we got when we arrived back at the hotel, I dropped off my clothes uh, to the lobby because they um, they were going to wash them. And then I had to use. Um, I went and picked up my suit. And so, for the next two days. Uh, the only thing I had to wear was my suit pants and this T-shirt I got in one of the tour shops. But it's actually ended up being one of my favorite T-shirts over the last ten years, so that worked out. Do you still have the the suit? I still have the suit, but at the time I was eating only like rice and fish uh, that year, and so I had lost a ton of weight. And then the next year, uh, funny enough, I had gone to Google and I gained like twenty five pounds based on all the food I was eating. So, um, so I have not been able to fit in that suit since Thailand. But it's a really nice suit. <laughs> I'm glad you held on to it. The other thing that was actually uh, 
that actually was kind of fun about um, the long the long bus ride over that I forgot to mention is that that was my first exposure to uh, Thai Thai movies, and so they um, where they you know they feature um, they feature actors that specialize in Muay Thai. And so that was my first exposure to this. Um, I can't remember the director's name, but he did um, the movies Ong Bak and uh, Tom Young Gung. Okay. And Tom Young Gung in the U.S. is called The Protector. And it's funny because we were watching it on the on the bus, and it wasn't um, overall wasn't in English. There were and there were no subtitles. But you still had an idea. You still had a good idea of everything that was happening, despite not knowing the dialogue. It's kind of okay. This guy's elephant is stolen. It's a sacred elephant. And he's kicking a lot of people in the head to get it back. <laughs> and I'm actually still like a big fan of, the, of, of those movies as, as a result. Yeah. Um, so does, is that the, is that the end of your trip? Did you go back afterwards? Did you uh, just go back to uh, Japan and complete the jet program? Basically. Yeah. So when we had gotten back to bank, when we were right back in Bangkok, um, the, it was kind of just settling down at that point. Um, yeah. We le- all left at different times based on our flights. Um, we actually, the only thing I think really stood out to me is that we went to, we started exploring the nightlife more of Bangkok because we had, I think, two or three days. And for me personally, um, I, di- I didn't explore the seedier parts because, you know, there are, there are, there are parts, you know, of Bangkok at night that are pretty well known as far as the type, you know, the type of shows you can see, for example. Um, Mm -hmm. And I didn't go to that. A big reason was that my roommate uh, and friend um, absolutely uh, um, was absolutely against even, you know, even even checking it out. So um, we didn't. But people in our group did. And they like came back, you know, shocked. But um, with stories that like I didn't believe until like a couple years later when someone else told me they went to the same show. Uh, or same type of show. Uh, so the what are these rest shows? of the, um, without getting too graphic, they're they're basically they're uh, they're basically sex shows, um, like uh, and where they perform a variety of acts that will suspend a le- uh, belief. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, and um, and so my uh, the rest of my trip was very PG. We uh, uh, went to some more restaurants, especially my my roommate and I. Um, and then the whole group went to this club called bed, which was literally a fancy club with beds that you lay on. I think that they do something similar. They've done something similar in in the U S but that was my, that was the first time I had gone somewhere like that. Yeah. I I think I've heard of, uh, I think there might be a club like that in Atlanta, uh, or Florida. I feel like I, I feel like we went to one as, um, was it, was it in DC? We've been to so many places, right? <laughs> this sounds so familiar. <laughs> sounds, I've definitely been to a place called Bed because I, I remember laying on a bed uh, <laughs> in a club. But um, that, that's that's for another show. Yeah. <laughs> um. Cool. Wow, that was a lot. Yeah, it sounds like it just uh, this trip happened at a critical stage in your life when you're coming back into the world first being surrounded by your friends, then going to a really rural area and just having some time on your own. And, and then again, being surrounded by new, newer friends and having a, an amazing time. So how did that impact your life moving forward, coming back into the U.S. and going joining Google and whatnot? How, how did you feel? 
Well, to be honest, immediately it affected how I felt about living in Japan because I went back from, you know, I, I, um, I, it was almost as if like, I, I realized I didn't want to be there anymore. Like, and, and it all happened at once because I had my long trip back to, um, Shimane, my, the area I lived in Shimane. So flew to Tokyo, then from Tokyo to, um, the airport in Shimane, which is called Izumo. And then, um, and then it was, I arrived at like one in the morning and then it was going to be like a two and a half hour drive, uh, to, um, to where I lived. And, it was like in December, so or actually no, sorry, it's early January at this point, and so it was freezing and snowing. And I found out that the the crappy car that the girl, my predecessor, had um, had um, left me. Well, technically, she sold it to me, and I found out later that she she didn't need to sell it to me. I could, probably could have just been given it, but that's another story. But she had uh, sold me this crappy car that when I got back to when I got back to it in. Uh, in Japan at Ismo Airport, I found out it wasn't starting, and it was like one in the morning. It was snowing. I had come back. I was just come back from this, you know, exhausting trip from 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 Thailand. And I thought this is the last thing I want to deal with right now. And I fortunately, uh, fortunately, there was a an airport worker that that saw that I was I was having um, issues with the car, and he jump started it. And that fortunately kept the car going for two and a half hours for me to drive back to. Um, drive back to the town I lived in, um, a little town called Gotsu. Um, and, and from that point on, like, you know, everything just really hit me hard. Like I, I'm sitting in my apartment alone, um, thinking I wish I was around my friends. I was, wish, I wish I was in particular around my roommate again. Um, I still, you know, I still really enjoyed teaching, but every, just everything just felt dramatically slower and I felt dramatically lonelier. And, and, I don't think I really recovered from that, to be honest. I I saw you know people in the jet program from that point on, um, large group large groups of us in the prefecture once a month. There were there's a group that was in the next town over that lived near a really good sushi restaurant that I would generally see once a week, but I know once a week just wasn't satisfactory. Like and mm -hmm. and Japan is a place where it's 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 still to this day probably my favorite country to uh, uh, to visit to, and. Um, I, I made some really good great friends there, but it's it's like almost being in on a different planet, not a different not being in a different country. Like customs are so different. Um, like the way that you're treated is 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 so different. Like you're especially as a foreigner, and especially if you know if you're well liked, um, you're treated as an honored guest. But you're never more than an honored guest. You're never Japanese, even if you spoke fluent Japanese. You're never Japanese because you weren't born Japanese. Like, mm -hmm. and and it's not like it's not them. It's not people in Japan trying to be uh, exclusive, uh, um, you know, to to others that are not from there. Um, and it's just like it's just some a concept that you know they're not familiar with. Like, why well, would why would you be Japanese if you're not from here? And so that hit me harder too because I think I wanted to assimilate more, but I I didn't feel like I always felt like I was like the you know the fun the the, the word for gaijin there or for, foreigner there is gaijin. So I was the fun gaijin from California, and and I could drink a lot, and that made me very entertaining, <laughs> and uh, and especially to hang out with. Uh, but 
but it was never like Jason has lived here for this long and he's now he's now one of us and we consider him Japanese uh, and so that that made living there uh, harder as well from that point on and and I think it was it that trip is what um, eventually led me to not renew my contract and then um, come back to California and it really worked out because that's that's how I ended up in the tech scene but um, and I found a job uh, pretty quick, fortunately, pretty quickly. But I, there, I think if I had been in an area where I had more people around me, I might have been like others in a program that's safe for five years, just because it's such a cool program. It's it's a very unique opportunity. It allows you to you know travel all around Japan and Asia easily, and um, and if you are around others, uh, if you do have others nearby, um, you you know you develop like um, strong bonds and um, uh, and friendships like I, I feel like I was an anom anomaly not marrying someone either in the program or marrying someone Japanese really yeah wow so how many of these weddings have you been to you know I I, I actually haven't been in close touch with a lot of um, a lot of people that I knew in the jet program back back then there's a couple the ones that I have stayed in touch with Funny enough, are actually um, uh, unmarried like myself. So having gone to any of their weddings yet, I think there's only been one I've gone to so far. I mean, it's a successful program. It sounds it sounds like it works on just bringing in various cultures, various ways of life, and marriage is the ultimate connection. So yeah, that's awesome. It it is yeah. It's like if if someone were to ask me like you know would you recommend doing the jet program or not? I'm thinking of applying. I would you know, without it you know hands down say you should absolutely do it. Like even though my experience wasn't the best, uh, based on where I lived and based on the people I was interacting with, I still think it's an amazing program and wholeheartedly endorse it. Yeah, and it sounds like you came away finding out a little bit more about yourself in that you enjoy you know, the company of others, you know, close friends and just hanging out. And have you, um, is, is that accurate? Definitely. Yeah. I think I, honestly, I think I took, not that I took those friendships for granted before, but I just became accustomed to that being my life prior to, prior to Japan. And I think that it really helped me realize that, you know, one, I enjoy being around others, but two, you know, your, your life situation, your, you know, your, your everything that's familiar to you, everything that you understand as your life can change overnight. I, you know, I think that there are some people that, you know, have this long honeymoon period after college where they think, um, you know, oh, the friendships I have now are going to stay the same forever. We're always going to be this close. You know, everyone's always going to be hanging out and, and it takes, they kind of slowly transition out of that, realizing that, you know, Everyone's lives just change. Uh, you know, people get in relationships, people get, have families, people move to different places. For me, it was basically immediate. It was, you know, um, hanging out with my friends, um, uh, hanging out with my friends at college too, uh, being in my small town in this tiny hotel room, uh, watching movies on my laptop in the dark because my predecessor hadn't moved out of the apartment yet. And they didn't know what to do with me. So That's an interesting scene. Yeah. And we also, that also, that hotel didn't have Wi-Fi either. So it was, um, that was, that was a challenge too. Well, thank you. Thank you for just sharing that. I, 
I now want to visit Japan. Um, I've always wanted to visit Thailand, but uh, now Japan is, has moved up on top of my list. I think Thailand has uh, moved up on my list. Really? Especially Riley. Riley? Oh. <laughs> well, not not Copenhagen, right? Like, I'm I'm out of the party scene. I think I'm, I'm, I'm through with that. But, like, the beach that you described in Riley sounds like it would be, like, nice and, and comfortable and relaxing. So, I think I... I might put that on my list. Just just um, take a flight. Rather than a train? Yeah, fl- flight versus the 22-hour train ride. I don't know. The train ride might might sound attractive. If you get first class, you get to shower, you get to read and write and just spend hours doing this, communicating with people that you enjoy being around. But the isolation in, Thai- in uh, Japan, just, uh, just the way you described it, just teaching students, going back into your own space, having that time and quiet to write and to think and reflect, it's... It's extremely attractive, at least in my right now. It's more appealing to me now, definitely than than uh, compared to when I was twenty two. Um, like now, it actually seems like uh, somewhat inviting. But yeah, at the time, it was not fun. Well, well, thank you, thank you so much for taking this time and sharing this this beautiful adventure. I I enjoyed it, Ray. Yeah, I I really enjoyed uh, the conversation. I think um, we got a lot of lot out of it, and I'm I'm happy that you were able to join us. Yeah, thank you again for having me on. You're quite welcome. So, in first person manner, this show is official. It's officially over. So, cut. It's a wrap. And and thank you everyone for for tuning in. Thank you, and it's so much official tissue official tissue so jason that's our goodbye we're not just talking about the one ply kind of tissue we're talking about that velvet you know, that, that velvet google tissue with the heated toilet seats it's the kleenex tissues with the with the uh, vitamin e and the aloe so so much tissue official tissue so much tissue that's actually something we do to end the show we just sing official tissue it's actually what it's official it's so tissue and this is how we're gonna get our record deal Official tissue. So much tissue. No auto-tune. Feel free to jump in, Jason. If you if you feel it in you, I feel like you want to say it. Uh, official tissue. So yeah. much tissue. So much so tissue. Much tissue. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yo, Jason, this, right, this was a blast. Thank yeah. you guys for listening. Thank you. In. Peace.